Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, Floyd's Rising. I'm Sabretooth, I collect NFTs for a living, and with me is Kizu, who's a professional art critic. On this podcast, we talk about the business of creating, collecting, and analyzing NFTs. We interview artists, collectors, and other interesting people in the NFT space. Enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to another episode of Floor is Rising. With me today is Khaled Makush. He is a pixel artist from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and he primarily does his NFT art on Super Rare. Welcome, Khaled. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me. Khaled, pleasure having you today. How did you get into NFTs? I got into NFTs uh, last year, I think around August or September during that time. Uh, I, got, uh, I got a DM from a collector, actually, who kind of introduced me to NFTs. And he gave me like a brief introduction and sort of pointed out to Super Rare as a website. And obviously, when I got the message, <laughs> I, I was like, this, uh, this is again like a weird thing. I looked into it, but again, like I was weirded out by it. <laughs> Like a couple of weeks later, I think I saw uh, an artist that I like their work. He is a 3D artist and um, saw him kind of posting on Super Rare. And the cool thing about like websites, uh, that NFT website is that they're very friendly to people who are, aren't familiar with uh, crypto. And because like they give you the, the value in USD. And so when I sort of started to check out these kind of artworks, I said, well, these aren't like doing too bad when it comes to sales compared to what I generally do in, in print and merch and things like that. So that was also kind of a motivation for me, the kind of the monetary stuff. I asked my followers, I think, during that time, and most of them said they don't know about NFTs. So. And uh, the couple who did sort of uh, basically gave me the answer of like, there's no harm in trying. And because like I thought, well, there's a person who is interested actually in buying my first artwork, the, the first the person who introduced me to, to it. So... So yeah, I, I went back I, like a month later and I responded to DM and he was like gracious enough to respond. So yeah, after that, the day after I applied to Super Rare and a month later, actually in, on October last year. So so this month last year, I, I sort of sold my first uh, artworks. Awesome. That's actually, I think, going to become probably a much more common story than it is currently where sort of the collectors of an artist or the fans of an artist will sort of push the artist to to sort of go into NFTs. I think that's going to become an increasingly um, common story as, as NFTs get. I think that my biggest concern was when it comes to, do I sell the right of the image of the artwork? And, and when I kind of understood the technology behind this and how it works, and, and it wasn't like you're not selling like the copyright necessarily. I sort of felt, well, I mean, there is no there is no harm in trying. And I think that's where most people are, sort of, I think, starting to, to go through it as well. I've seen that you have been interviewed by a number of other media outlets. I think, you know, just maybe before and after your super rare exhibition, which was called Invisible Cities. And some of them, you know, mentioned the fact that you came from a video game background and specifically that you started out making, I mean, you know, the inspiration for this art came from uh, actually playing and developing video games. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Was it something that you were doing professionally or also as a hobby for the video games? 
there was a time where in the early 2010s where indie video games sort of had like a moment, you know, it's like became really popular. And one of the styles that indie games used a lot, I mean, they still do today, but, uh, you know, during that time was pixel art. We sort of decided just, you know, for fun, why don't you just make a video game? And I think that's what kind of kickstarted my interest in pixel art. Because before that, I really didn't, I know of the style and things like that, but I really didn't like got into it, into it, you know, that, that much. So, yeah, I think during that time where I kind of started to develop my, my interest, I think from 2014 until 2016, I really didn't make that much artwork. We ended up making a couple of video games, actually. Most of them, um, I think we made three. One we made for ourselves and two we made for uh, game jams. If you know, if you're familiar with the with these events, mm-hmm. which basically like um, they give you like a, a period of time, like mostly 72 hours and and a theme, and you say, okay, develop a video game during that time, which is a very fun to do, but very uh, very time intensive. It was like during that time I started to start to know more and more about it. And uh, the last one we did was in 2016, early, which is I think called the Ludum Dare, the most I think the most famous. Uh, video game jam people from all around the world sort of go and create video games very popular and uh, yeah uh, i think the the theme was shapeshifter and we made a video game but i remember i was kind of frustrating about how i envisioned it compared to how it sort of tend tend to be art wise so yeah that was like for me it was the point where i sort of decided to actually sit down and learn pixel art in 2016 so that was like the start. Obviously now uh, it's a completely different approach. Uh, I mean, I don't focus on game dev a lot because uh, the thing is when I start to do artwork, it's sort of, I sort of develop more personal attachment to, to creating artwork and sort of expressing myself and, and, you know, in illustrations and things like that. You know, I really didn't want to create video games assets all the time. So now I kind of found myself in kind of more of a, of an illustrator role, I guess, kind of creating personal artworks and things like that. It seems like the the NFT format hasn't really changed your work a lot because they were inspired by certain visuals that, you know, in a sense were native to video game art. Is there anything about the NFT medium that, you know, would tend to cause an evolution in your work? Or is it something that, you know, does the work come first and the NFT medium is really kind of secondary? And I feel like the thing about NFTs that I really like so much about is that it's very elastic, meaning that I can just, I don't have to, for example, compared to like client work where I really have to change my my work to sort of uh, um, and, and dedicate my time to it to sort of create because I have deadlines and things like that. NFTs, on the other hand, can work with your schedule. And the way that I create art for me, it's like the reason why I do create art is kind of like many different reasons, but, you know, all of them are personal. Generally, it's like an idea that I'm interested in, in exploring or like an aesthetic that I, was, I think, oh, okay, it could be interesting and picks up. And so NFT in the sense kind of works uh, for me in that it kind of uh, fits my time, my schedule. So I guess I create the artwork first and then kind of, you know, NFT kind of helps with that. Pixel art is you know, one of the most popular mediums, styles in in NFTs, probably the most well-known sort of NFTs in the world is CryptoPunks, which is pixel art. 
the we're talking about the NFT collections, especially on Ethereum. Huge number of them are, are, are sort of pixel art of, of varying styles, I guess. And obviously, it's it's kind of inspired by sort of that those those early sort of you know 70s 80s video games. Maybe you can talk about like what is pixel art to, to you because you're a, a sort of like a, a very well-known practitioner of it. Pixel art uh, in general, like, I think it's sort of it's very kind of distinguished when it, you know when you see it, kind of it becomes very obvious that it's pixel art. But basically, like it's uh, it's any kind of artwork that is created using pixelated art without using like anti-aliasing. I don't want to. I'm not uh, very expert when it comes to technical stuff, but yeah, it's like uh, you just draw with a grid and each kind of square in that grid basically color in and sort of that kind of create kind of like a mosaic type of artwork. Obviously, like now with kind of modern, the modern way to do it, it's kind of basically like any sort of drawing software that you can use, like Photoshop, for example. Uh, and it's just that each line that you draw is just very, very crisp and pixelated. And through that, you kind of create that, that pixel art image. But obviously, like there are more tr- traditions to pixel art that that kind of very focus on aspect of being very limited with your color palette and your uh, your canvas size. So these kind of like the two main things about pixel art is it's usually people work with a small canvas. I work on a canvas that is uh, 300 by 400, which consider is very big in the pixel art world. Usually people work from you know eight by eight to you know, and even sometimes smaller, <laughs> kind of depends on on what. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the, the first aspect. The second aspect is the colors, which is usually are uh, also limited. Which I feel like um, it's a good way to kind of do art because it kind of makes you think. I guess maybe like an oil painter to some extent. You have a very limited thing you have to use and utilize, and that sort of I feel like um, limitation. I mean, pixel art is very about. It's all about limitations. And this, I feel like limitation is kind of what gives it a unique look. And I feel like it's also a good way to sort of, way to do art with it, you know. Generally speaking, historically, these limitation existed because of hardware reasons. Like when we talk about all video games, they had limited colors, they had limited space to use. But now it's like, you can do whatever you want and it has like very modern effects that if you want, but I think kind of the tradition sort of stayed the same where you can use limited kind of colors, limited palette. And I think uh, CryptoPunk, if you look if you look at it, it kind of follows the sim- similar thing. There isn't like many colors. And at the same time, I think the canvas size or like the image size itself is, is, is small and limited. So you can see every pixel is kind of very close. Pixel art is, is one of the dominant forms of art in, uh, in NFTs. How do you see the pixel art the pixel artists in NFTs and and then compare them to pixel artists who are not in NFTs currently. Is um are they sort of progressing in, in, in different directions or or do you do you see anything distinctive about what's happening inside NFTs versus what's happening with pixel art outside of NFTs? I think in NFTs there are people who sort of represent various scenes that comes from the the greater uh, pixel art scene or the larger pixel art scene. And I see that in NFTs where people sort of comes from these kind of pixel art background. For example, you know, I consider myself, I, I do landscapes and sort of scenes and scenery and things like that. And, and there are people who sort of comes from the same background that I do also got into NFTs. 
And there are also people who sort of like to create these kind of small and kind of like crypto punks like Outwork, which is kind of where I, I think where it's kind of the most popular one now, where people create collectibles and things like that. So I think mainly the, the difference that I see within pixel art in, in NFTs is that kind of direction where do you create collectibles or sort of do you create these, um, what they call one-to-one artwork, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of determines, I think, the kind of the style and the way to do it. Because for me, I like I said before, I like to to work my, you know, normally and sort of then see if this artwork should be an NFT or not. So I can make... NFT work around myself. And when it comes to the normal pixel art scene, I mean, it's complicated <laughs> to, to say the least, especially like after NFTs kind of became popular, like I think around March, it's definitely like, um, I could say like a, like some sort of a divide that happened, unfortunately, because of that. This is interesting. When you say like, could you keep doing it or do you stop? Do you mean like there was some sort of... Controversy. Well, as in you couldn't sort of be in both camps, you had to kind of choose. Was that the was that the yeah. kind of? I mean, uh, it wasn't specifically pixel art. Uh, it was like generally like any social media artist during early this year kind of, you know, went through it. The basic stuff that we hear about even today, like oh, you know, NFTs a scam, NFTs kind of hurting the environment. For me, I wasn't really concerned too much about the first one, you know, it being a scam mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know I've. I've already made a few sales and I, I know how, you know, and I've made some kind of uh, the portion of the, my first few sales that I made into an actual money because I, I wasn't really sure at that time if, if this Ethereum thing is real or not, you know right, what I mean? Right. So once I kind of understood, you know, I, uh, you know, I never looked back, but so I wasn't really concerned too much about it be, being a scam. But, you know, like the environment stuff, on the other hand, is kind of like the difficult one for me to sort of right. approach, you know. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I had more incentive to do to do more research. And obviously, I, I was very biased. You know, I, I liked NFTs by then. But at the same time, I, I sort of thought, like, maybe I should learn more about it because did my actual artwork kind of consume so much energy, like the like would an, an average house in the EU would consume in a year. So, so I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. So that was like, the, I thought like the, the biggest two that people kind of said to, you know. I think people were just unfamiliar maybe with the discussion and they were latching on to kind of scapegoat or something, an issue that they felt that they could speak up about. Because if, even if you didn't understand uh, the technology or the, the dynamics of NFTs or crypto even, you could always speak out against the, you know, the environmental concern. And that yeah. was my observation. A lot of my people I knew who were in the art world but didn't have familiarity with crypto and NFTs, they tended to just focus on the non-technical aspects and the downsides. And, and so that, that conversation that you described seems familiar to me. I feel like it's, it's a holistic approach for me. I mean, I don't treat like separately for me, like... I find satisfaction on, of what I create in general, you know. When I started out, the first commission that I, I got was like, I think a year later from when I started out. So during that time, and, and it wasn't that much, you know. So so I think like I've been doing art for, for like uh, five, or five years now. And for like the last three years, I really didn't make too much money from it. But 
the same time, for me, it's like a very fulfilling thing to do. And so I think for me, the spot was how to keep doing it, how to have that sort of, you know, fulfillment and exploration of things through art, you know, expressing myself, you know, finding things that uh, interest me and trying to uh, do art from them. How do I do that? But at the same time, I can, I can make a career out of it. So yeah, like you said, like many other artists online, the, the avenue for me was commissions. Obviously there was prints and merchandise. Yeah, that's kind of like slowly was growing. And then sort of NFT happened and sort of I sort of incorporate NFT into, into this kind of like the overall thing. Uh, obviously, like um, uh, when it comes to commissions, I, I like to do commissions. But the thing about commission is that they, they're a bit stressful, you know, uh, you have to to do what, uh, you know, have a deadline and, you know, have a specific idea. I think that's also kind of helps sometimes because, you know, uh, it kind of grounds you a, a bit and in, in understanding what sort of people like in general. And so you kind of get a, a certain idea and you can do a work based on that. I think it's a good thing overall, but, you know, it's still stressful. You know, even even today, I feel like I haven't changed a lot about my the the, the amount of work I do. It's, but now I think, and and to me, I think that will help me the most. I I can be more selective about the commissions I take, because like I don't rule rule it out completely. Because so now I kind of focus on the type of project that that it is. If it's interesting to me, then okay, then I can say yes to that. But otherwise, I can I can say no. But like a, a a year later or two years later before uh, a year before or two years before I, I couldn't say say no so that's that is good but yeah like it's it's a it's overall approach for me it's like nft is uh, it's like an it's an addition to the other things currently now nft is the main thing uh, it's just that I, I, I try not to get into the mood of where i create out to to create uh, which is a, a, a i know it's not part of your question but it's a sort of a difficult thing to do where do I create art to, to make it an NFT or do, do I create an artwork normally and then, you know, and sort of see if I can make it an NFT or not. But I guess like there is a part of my brain that think about, well, this could be good an NFT while I make the artwork itself. So I think NFT sort of influenced me in that sense, but I don't want to get into that habit of, I just want to sit down and create an NFT. I just want to sit down, create an artwork and then sort of see if it makes a good NFT or not. Uh, so so I, I feel like that's uh, that's where I am at the moment. Again, it's like a very difficult thing to approach. The same thing is like with audience expectation. It's like one of those things where I thought, well, I shouldn't like think about what people say. I should create the artwork that I like, but it's not easy. You obviously think about that kind of stuff when you draw. And how much do I let it influence me? I think it's uh, it's where the battle happened, I guess. So the same thing with NFTs. Do I let it sort of becomes my, you know, do I create an NFT or do I create an artwork? And, and that's where I am at the moment. I mean, what do you think is the danger there if you... No, it's not, it's not a danger. Right. It's not a danger, certainly. It's more of, um, I don't know. For me, I don't want to, I don't want becomes... I don't want my artwork that I create personally. So, so now uh, my schedule is that I create one personal artwork a month. And this one, the main one that I post on social media. And I spent a lot of time making those. And sometimes the idea that I'm satisfied with, sometimes I'm not, which is like a process that I go through, you know, you know, it's like creating artworks, it's, not, it's, not, it's never easy. But 
at the same time, I don't want this to be to be work. You know what I mean? Where oh, now I have to make it as an NFT, so I have to think about something. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to be influenced by that too much. Not because NFTs are negative or anything like that. It's just that I don't want it to sort of influence the, the way that I, I do things in the sense that, like I said, it kind of forces me to go to go into that habit of thinking, oh, okay, this is a popular in, a, in the NFT space. So this is what I'm focusing on. Um, well, yeah, I mean, let, let's explore that a bit because I think, I think the, what you're describing is, I mean, definitely I could see some artists doing this right as in their they put out a lot of work basically yeah. on a constant basis i mean and i guess i mean as a collector i can see it because we're in a big nft boom we're in a big crypto boom basically like the timing is good for people to put out a lot of stuff because there's demand for it right and yeah who knows what could happen the demand might dry up i mean this this is how a lot of people are thinking maybe they're not verbalizing it, but this is like how a lot of people are thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah and definitely. so for an artist, you'd be like, well, hey, I can rest <laughs> when the hype dies down, but now let's just work. Yeah. Um, but but obviously you're not you're not thinking that way. Is is it that you find that thinking that way will will sort of compromise the kind of art you produce? Or like talk us through like how, how you're thinking about this situation. Uh, yeah, like uh, in the sense, uh, compromise in the sense of, like I said, I don't think it's it's wrong thing to do. Definitely not. If you can create an artwork and you kind of mint it, you know, uh, you know, as much as you like. That's the cool thing about NFT that it doesn't have this. It's very elastic. It it works with you. And for me, I I feel like I don't want to get into that mind space where I create artwork that that I say, well, this is my personal stuff, but. But I know this. I, I created it because I I, I needed to, to make an NFT during that time. Again, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not against it or anything like that. It's just that I, I don't know. It's I feel like it's a, it's a very cheesy thing to say, but for me, like artwork is kind of more than that to me. It's like very very fulfilling, like I said. And so so I know I know it's uh it can be beneficial to me to sort of like really focus on it to, so much, but. At the same time, I understand that it kind of takes takes time to create pixel art, and 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 from prior experiences in the past, I know where I I had to work on a couple of projects at the same time, and to to work on a couple more, uh, you know, two or three illustrations at the same time, and how stressful it was. And so, to me, like I don't want to go into that sort of stressful situation. I, I think that's that's where NFT actually benefited me. It, it made me more relaxed, a lot more relaxed in, in my approach. My my output never didn't change so much, but I feel like um, psychologically speaking, I, I feel like I don't have to sort of oh I need to find a client oh I need to to do this and to do that, and to me it wouldn't make sense to to take that unneeded pressure. I feel pressure is good overall, uh, not not overall, but some pressure is good to kind of motivate you, but there's unneeded pressure for me to sort of that I don't need to put on myself uh, to sort of push myself to create more and more and i know for a fact that if i got into that i know that the next idea wouldn't be much thought thought out and the next idea after it wouldn't be that much thought out so if i sort of went into that kind of constant releasing thing so yeah i'm i guess i'm using nfts to my benefit to be more more relaxed it's a very hard thing to do especially with the, all the fomo and stuff like that 
but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so I have, I've been doing it for a year now. So I guess maybe I, I'm becoming more, more used to it now on how do, do I deal with it, you know? And I've been through like markets, uh, you know, when there, when there was a interest and, and, and also when it kind of died down a bit. So for me, you know, it, it really, it is, a, it, it is an important thing to pay attention to where, you know, how the market is going, but at the same time, you know, I've been through it, I guess you could say. So, so yeah, like I, it's, it's certainly for me, mentally speaking, it's better to focus on the artwork itself more. Artists in Saudi Arabia are not that well-known internationally. And I was wondering if you could maybe give us some examples of, you know, preconceptions of the kind of art that does come from Saudi artists or the kind of art scene that exists there. What have been some of your experiences in terms of the expectation of your, your audience, even if it's an international market with NFTs, but when they hear or they learn about your background, is there any kind of um, anecdote that you could share regarding, you know, kind of um, perceptions or images or kind of like stereotypes? I think there, are, there is an expectation when it comes to the local art scene. I mean, it's, a, it's very... Um, Society is is very conservative for the longest time, and so art isn't not not like the way that people understand it in the West. But there are definitely uh, some flourishing scenes that are happening. But people here think about art in the very traditional sense, where you got like a painter, you know, who is kind of I guess suffering <laughs> and trying to express themselves through paint and things like that. That sort of stereotypical image, I think, it's what people perceptions. From my experience, the art scene here is, uh, again, it's mostly for kind of well-educated people who kind of create, they focus on the traditional art world a lot more than than the digital. But I feel there are more digital artists in, in Saudi, I think like many other countries around the world where sort of there was a digital movement that sort of started, you know, just because people started users, using social media. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, there are definitely a lot, uh, a lot more digital artists than there are uh, traditional artists. Uh, that's, I think, the perception about being an artist is. And, you know, on top of that, you have also a pixel art, which is kind of an extra layer of perception, I guess, where, you know, people would think, oh, you know, it's like, oh, it's like Atari, you know, <laughs> and it's like that. And actually, I had the pleasure of working with Atari for an NFT project, I think, the early this year. So now when older people say, oh, it's like Atari, I could say, oh, yes, without, <laughs> <laughs> without feeling like I, uh, I'm doing it. But yeah, like that's, uh, that's I think, the, the perception. But, you know, I feel like your question is very, very deep because it's kind of tackled the issue of identity. And I feel like there are, when it comes to being uh, from Saudi Arabia or being an Arab in general, you know, what artwork would you create and what people think would you create? I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely something that I think about sometimes, you know, because I feel like it's, um, I don't want to go into it too, too much, but I feel like the, it's a struggle for me to kind of sometimes to, to find, I mean, I think about that some, sometimes. Is my artwork genuine about myself and about my culture or not? You know what I mean? I mean, it's a definitely a deep thing to think about. Is, is my artwork being influenced by, by the thing, uh, the, the media that I grew up with. I mean, I'm definitely was exposed to a lot of Western media growing up. And, you know, I'm lucky where I, I learned English from, from a young age. So 
So I was exposed to that a lot. So I don't know. I think about it a lot. Is my artwork genuine? You know what I mean? I mean, it's genuine to me, but is it genuine from uh, for a person who who lives in in today's today's world in in, in Saudi Arabia in 2021? I try to think that it is, but I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I've been influenced by a lot of things. You know, I, we're becoming definitely more cosmopolitan in general, not just in Saudi Arabia. And where do I find myself in that in that world? Is the artwork that I create for that audience represent me? It does, but you know. Is it who really am? I don't know. You know what I mean? Still, I'm still t- trying to figure it out. I would just add to that, that in my experience, artists that not just from your, your region, but other, you know, so-called conservative non-Western countries, yeah. you know, there's, there's two camps, right? So one of them would be saying something like they feel a kind of responsibility or obligation to be some kind of spokesperson for yeah. that particular identity and address those preconceptions, whether to confirm or to deny them, right? So to address local uh, political issues or you know, social uh, controversies or, or whatever that's specific to the region. And, and the second camp is really that they precisely, it's, it's because that they see the freedom of, of working in art or in NFTs, for example, that they choose not deliberately not to um, address the local because their their audience is global and they don't think that they necessarily need to demonstrate a so-called local or regional identity. And so, like you said, pixel art is is a global uh, imagination in a sense. You know, if if you consume the same pop culture, the same video games, for example, animation or whatever it is, then you would understand your work. You know, this is an audience wherever they're from. They would, they would, they would empathize and they would identify with your work. And so in a sense, your background becomes irrelevant in a sense, but also, yeah. of course, should you choose to draw from it, it's there, right? So I think it's yeah. a very interesting position to, to be yeah. in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and to be honest, like, I don't want to create, like, so-called Western art, you know what I mean? Uh, in the sense of, I think some people might think that when they see see my artwork, or they think, oh, like, I'm, I'm catering to, like, an international audience or anything or something. But no, I mean, this artwork is, I feel like it represents who I am. So it would definitely is an interesting to, you know, subject to talk about. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I, like I said, I mean, why do I choose these kind of things? I mean, it, for me, I could go, def- I could definitely go to the direction I say, okay, I'm an Arab, so I'm, I'm going to draw things that are related to my culture specifically, you know, deserts and, and camels and horses and oases and things like that. I mean, I, I find these things beautiful, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I grew up in a in a city, so I'm more familiar with like with asphalt and traffic, you know what I mean, and skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of becomes a point of contention because I feel like the people sort of treat the former as the kind of more authentic. And but the latter is kind of, you know, it's more westernized, but it's my experience, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't wanna I don't wanna call my artwork westernized because because it represents who I am, and 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 I and I, and I don't think that sort of, I don't think that should uh, that should be, you know, look at it, uh, look at it that way. But definitely, like like it's some uh, an urban um, imagination, right? It's an Arab. Yes. That's it. It's not a. It's nothing. Not not Western. It's actually very uh, regional. But it's yeah, urban. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not Western. I mean, in in the sense of, I do not create it for a Western. But at the same time, I also admit that I do not 
also focus on on the local you know what i mean so i think mm-hmm. that's where where the kind of the thing could happens i think they where, where it kind of made me think more and more you know i i definitely made local scenes but even my local scene kind of focused on the urban urban side of things and so so yeah i mean um yeah i just i i hope that i find an answer later <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Khaled, it's been a pleasure having you on the show um before we'd let you go um final question hmm. who is your favorite artist nft or or otherwise i think there are many artists the people who, who kind of inspired me to go into pixel art i think um, and and definitely are my favorite uh, artists i'd say Wanella, and uh, she's an amazing pixel artist from russia and uh, jubilee also known as 16 pixel or um, uh, American pixel artists as well. She she also uh, very influential to me when I started out. When it comes to NFTs as well, I, I know like um, some pixel friends who I really like their work also joined into the NFT. So so this uh, this uh, recommendation is uh, kind of from both world, I guess. So I, I recommend uh, a Gutty Gutty Chrome. He's also an NFT pixel artist, I, but I known before and. Uh, genuine human art. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there are many Japanese uh, art uh, pixel artists that I like their work, but I don't know how to say the names. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't read, unfortunately, Japanese. But uh, yeah, I, I recommend people to check out an account called NFT Pixel uh, Week, which is kind of focuses on the pixel artists within the scene. We actually did a pixel, uh, pixel art week for NFTs. Uh, this year was the first year we did it. I think uh, that was a couple of months ago. I don't remember when exactly. And it was nice to to talk about, to see all the kind of pixel artists in this space coming together. So I recommend checking that account and see the, the amazing pixel artists. All of them I recommend. Unfortunately, I cannot name them all. So, so yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Khaled, thank you very much for coming on. Um, and this has been an episode of Floor is Rising. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Boys Rising. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Remember to also follow us on Twitter at Floor Is Rising. You can reach out to us, send us a question, or just send us a DM on Twitter at Floor Is Rising.